0: Good evening. Welcome to the Finding Christ in Crisis podcast. We are Jordan and Connie Parker of the Claire Parker Foundation. Yeah?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm here.
0: You're here? You're here? <laughs> yeah. So why the name change? Well, the name change is, is one, we're not that popular, so it really doesn't matter. Two, um, one of my good friends, Jeff, had listened to my podcast a couple times and said, um, yeah, like the content. Not my podcast. Let me go back. That That's another Jordanism. That's
1: okay. You can own it.
0: No, I don't want to own it. I don't want to own it. It's our podcast. Listen to our podcast. And we went back and he said, look, man, um, I don't know what Christ in crisis means. Is Christ in crisis? I was like, yeah, it's a little bit vague. So, you know, the name is all there. So we're going to try finding Christ in crisis. Because really the idea behind this is that we don't want this to be completely about our story in the Claire Parker Foundation. That's not the goal. We want to raise awareness about it, right?
1: Right. But we want people to take these uh, lessons that we've learned and be able to apply them to their own situations.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, that's, that's with the name change. But as always, um, we need you guys to help us out because your questions are really, really what helps guide um, our conversation and what this looks like. So make sure you email a question to Parker. At ClaireParkerFoundation.org, answer those questions, be shared anonymously, and we'd love to, you know, give some insight on the podcast about whatever uh, type of situation that you're facing. And also check us out on whatever platform you're using to listen to podcasts, and make sure that you're liking it, sharing it on Facebook, telling friends about it because it helps get the word out about Claire Parker Foundation and what we do. So tonight, where are we at?
1: Um, somebody asked us, how do you persevere after a loss or a hardship? So I guess like, where do you go after you've experienced something really difficult?
0: Yeah. Uh, did we talk about victim and re- language of the victim and language of the responsible? Did I talk about yeah, that already? Yes. Uh, briefly. Yes. Yeah. Well, see, I, that you got to watch me because I get on my soapbox and I often repeat myself over and over, but I would say there's the first part of it. Are you gonna be the language of the victim or the language of the responsible? Right. Are you gonna decide that you're going to um, make a change in a positive manner out out of this situation, or are you gonna you know waller what waller wallow in your grief?
1: Right. Well when this happened to Claire, I remembered being really stubborn in the mindset that Claire's journey with cancer was not going to be in vain. It was not just going to bring about her passing and hardship for us, that it was going to do something good. Um, And I think that's part of like how you keep going past it. Like, how are you going to turn these lemons into lemonade? You can't get stuck in the pain of the moment.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And I I think another thing too is that, we when we first started the foundation it was really really hard for those that were close around us is that they wanted to hear all these stories about claire they wanted to hear all these stories about what we had you know gone through but that was not the purpose of the foundation the purpose of the foundation was to share the stories of what other individuals were going through and how that they could be helped and how the programs that we provide help those people it's not about claire yes the situation you know you know what we went through with Claire is what helped start the foundation and we always want to keep our memory alive through it, but mm-hmm. it's not about her, it's not about us. It's about how in the how are we spreading and spreading hope and allowing us to plant seeds of hope and then be able to share God's word with them.
1: Well Scripture says that our Father, the God of comfort, comforts us in our time of need so that we can therefore comfort someone else in their time of need. So we are, you know, Scripture says freely you receive, so freely you're supposed to give. So when we walked with God through that and He comforted us and gave us peace, we're supposed to turn around and hand that off to somebody else walking through a similar situation. We're not just supposed to hold on to that. And you were talking about the language of the victim and the language of the responsible. If I had decided to just uh, focus on what had been done to me by this fallen world, you, you're in. then you're in no mindset to turn around and help someone else, which is the call of a Christian. So you, you can't get stuck there.
0: Absolutely. So let's go to some scripture and kind of um, move into this conversation a little bit deeper. Tonight I'm going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 12. And what this is speaking to is Paul is talking to, um, is, is talking to Greeks um, in Corinth. And one of the things that they were struggling with is that they believed in the resurrection of a spiritual um, body and not the resurrection of a physical body. So they weren't necessarily on board with the idea that Jesus was physically raised um, from the dead. And the reason that they were believing this is because they felt that if only the spiritual body was raised and not the physical body, then the physical body, it was like whatever goes. Kind of like we have the culture today. like. Hey, my body, whatever goes, I can do whatever I want with it. And it was really losing focus on the fact that our bodies are temples of God. So Paul's addressing this and he says, Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. So if Christ was not raised... Then everything we talk about everything that we discuss in our churches and our life about Christ It doesn't matter And we are even found to be misrepresenting God if we're doing this because we testified about God that he raised Christ Whom he did not raise whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised for if the dead are not raised Not even Christ has been raised and if Christ has not been raised your faith is futile and you are still in your sins, then those who also have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Here's the kicker, here's the verse that wraps it all up. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. And I mean that really that really resonates with me because we just want to cling on to our flesh so badly. And we want to live for today so badly that i think especially as believers we lose sight that our life is is not here and not now our life is in him yeah it's not our home and that's a really 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 hard concept
1: for Mm -hmm. someone to wrap
0: their mind around when they're going through an extreme crisis
1: well the enemy he wants to trap us in our flesh He wants to make it feel inescapable or um, he wants us to feel like we cannot be victorious over the troubles of this world. And um, fear is a liar. I mean, the devil, all he does is lies. He's the father of lies. So if you feel like you cannot overcome or that you're being uh, just taken over by something, then the enemy has a hold of your mind.
0: Um, Real quick. uh, Sorry. I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah. You can just, you have full reign. Just my just like, act like you didn't ask the question. You No, you have full reign, my love, to become completely unfiltered in this. Okay? okay. Do you feel like right now our world is living in a crisis that is completely rooted in fear?
1: Oh, absolutely. Satan has a hold on just about everybody. I mean, in four months, he's got us running around with masks and goggles on, afraid to touch our family or go outside. I mean, that's, that's the paw print of Satan, if I've ever seen it. Um, but,
0: like I said. You really didn't go into that as hard as I thought you were going. You're, well, you're just too concise.
1: Well, I mean, so, <laughs> you keep interrupting me. Um, but the good news is, <laughs> 2 Corinthians says in chapter 3, verse 7, but we have this treasure which is the gospel in jars of clay which is our our body our temple to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us and this is how we show this power inside of our broken flesh we are hard pressed on every side but not crushed perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not abandoned struck down but not destroyed we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. So right there, that's a beautiful description of a very hard time. Hard pressed on every side, but it didn't take you down. Perplexed, not in despair. Persecuted, not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. I mean, we're going to go through beatings. But with the power of God in us, we have the power to be victorious and rise above it. Um And it says that, you know, we are jars of clay. You know how fragile clay is? I mean, I know when we went through our really hard time, like my physical body aged significantly in one year. I have all these wrinkles on my forehead. I have a few gray hairs that popped up. Um... So, so that's the, the hard press, but not crushed, you know, like there are physical signs on my body. There's signs on my psyche. I can't do more than one thing at a time and it frustrates you terribly. This is
0: true. Yes. But
1: but that is part of where my mind broke a little bit.
0: Yeah, I agree. But
1: I, I I'm restored and I am renewed and I am, I am, I am well, but um, there are definitely some things that came with me through that hard time.
0: Yeah, you know, um, for those of you who don't know me and, and haven't seen me, but with my my hair and my beard, when they get kind of long, I get kind of like this Kris kringle looking look as far as you know the redness and the red hair. Kris
1: Kringle is white. No,
0: yeah, no, I'm talking about the red beard. Okay, and you the just hair. said Kris
1: Kringle, that's Santa. All his beards are white. So no, how are you comparing no, no, no. yourself to Chris Kringle?
0: No, there's there is somewhere where Kris Kringle has a red beard. <laughs> Are we going Is over it like back? a German
1: Santa? It's not the American one.
0: There's somewhere I've seen a red beard on a Santa.
1: Okay. We're just gonna keep going and give you a pass on that. You think so? Keep going with your beard story.
0: Anyway, so no, it's not about my beard, it's about my hair. So I went <laughs> so I went then why were you
1: talking about your beard? I
0: don't know.
1: Okay. Right now I feel perplexed.
0: Okay, but Anyways, I'm not in despair. So we had been at Duke about Three weeks, and um, I needed to go and buy some underwear. And
1: how do we go from beard to your undergarments?
0: Because this is how the story goes. And so we went. No, he
1: just had some gray hair.
0: So yeah, we. But no, that doesn't see you don't lay the foundation that way. Come it,
1: on with it. You got thirty seconds. A
0: good story has to have the foundation. You have thirty seconds. Okay, all right. So, anyways, I went to this barber shop, and they gave me a haircut in the mall. And when I looked down at my hands, all of my hair that was coming off my head was like completely gray, and like I hadn't even noticed it and known it. And so that's kind of talking about the body aging, and the way it does it. You know, any type of struggle that you go through, that you have to persevere through, there are going to be marks. There are going to be scars. There are going to be things that are left. But, um, you know, I'm not going to give you some dumb saying like, you know, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the dumbest that's thing. That's world's knowledge. Yeah, that's world's knowledge. Which is to the Lord. Exactly, exactly. It's almost as bad as let go, let God. Don't but bait me. Don't bait you.
1: Mm-mm.
0: Yeah, one, night, one day we want to do an episode on some of the worst sayings that have ever come. And that would be one of them. That I'm going to be... have to take a leave of absence that day. Yeah, yeah. So if you ever have people that try to encourage you, with random sayings that are not anywhere in scripture, just just ignore it and tell them to go find you some scripture. Because telling someone to let go and let God, I don't that I don't I haven't found that in the Bible yet. Or whatever, uh, or God doesn't give you more than you can't handle. No, that's false. God gives us a lot more than we can't handle sometimes.
1: Well, if we handle it alone. Yeah,
0: exactly. I mean, he's there for us. His yoke is his yoke is light.
1: Right. We can handle all things. With Christ who strengthens us. Absolutely. But if we handle it without Christ, there can absolutely be more than we can handle.
0: Yeah, exactly. But he's not like a measuring stick and going, I don't know if Jordan can handle this other thing I'm getting ready to put on him.
1: We can handle everything with
0: him. Exactly. That's what I said.
1: Nothing is impossible. That's what I said.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Where were you at? Keep on going.
1: So we were talking about like how to persevere. And the bottom line is you can persevere with God and scripture promises that to us i just read that one verse right underneath it it continues on to say therefore we do not lose heart so when you're in that hard time do not lose heart though outwardly we are wasting away like with a fractured mind you can't focus you have gray hairs you end up telling stories about underwear and beards when really all you want to tell somebody is that your hair is graying um, all those kinds of things so difficulties do wear on the flesh When you're wasting away and time is passing, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. So God does this thing in your heart during the hard times where your faith is growing when your flesh is weakening. Um, When you can't rely on your flesh, you start to rely on your spirit. And the most important part of you begins to grow. And it continues to say, for our light and momentary troubles... And you think, you say, well, light and momentary. There are so many things that do not feel light and momentary. Um, Pediatric cancer did not feel light and definitely did not feel momentary. Um, Divorce, uh, financial hardship, um, a severe illness, a miscarriage. Death. Death. (laughs) uh, Losing a job, unemployment, uh, Feel like you can't feed your family. So many things do not feel light and momentary, but scripture says it is. Why do you think it's called light momentary? Because this life is so short in perspective to eternity. In um, James, it says that. No, this...
0: oh, 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 that's fine. That's fine. I got it opened up. Okay, well. Call, I call dibs. Life
1: is but a mist in the way. No,
0: no, 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 no. I call dibs. Let me
1: finish my— All right, I, I you want to go ahead. I call dibs. My...
0: Yeah, yeah. Chapter four, right. chapter 4 of James, verse 13, it says, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As if you boast, boast in your arrogance, as such boasting is, I'm sorry, as it is, you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. So, whatever, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. So, we go back to the place where it talks about mist, and I want to share a story, and I don't care how long I go on the story. I have unlimited time on the story.
1: I reckon if it all applies, it
0: does apply. It does. But, you know, when Claire got sick, we, we had this situation and where things were going. We're gonna take a break and we'll come back to the story. You wanna do that?
1: Yeah, Sarah's screaming. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I was telling the story and we come back to it about Claire and, and where we were at in that moment. You know, when Claire got sick, and you know, she had this really, really, really intense treatment all the way up until New Year's Day. So we were basically in the hospital nonstop consistently and from the time she was diagnosed in July 13th all the way until we came home after New Year's. But then we had this great time at home, like great time at home. And honestly, um, things were just going so smooth and it was pretty low key for us. You know, we would go to the hospital for about two weeks at a time for chemo and then we would get to come home for about two weeks. So we were just, I mean, compared to being in the hospital, the, the amount of time we were when we came home for you know two or three days, it felt like forever. So, when we were coming home for two weeks, it was just wonderful. You know, I I was back at work when I could be, and, you know, everything was just going wonderfully. And then after Easter, we could just like sense something was changing. And, you know, it wasn't anything, you know, she wasn't in pain, it wasn't anything that was crazy, but Connie went to the doctor um in, in in lynchburg and connie would always take um the blood draws of claire herself and they found one cell one crazy looking cell that was, was a more little than one. more than one okay he had to get me on that did you my story was just flowing so how many was it
1: i mean they found a few lymphocytes no
0: they found a few just just unique cells and they sent them off to the hospital not duke but to virginia Baptist. And they said, you know, they, they didn't see anything. And they talked to our oncologist and they, they really felt like, you know, this is just, you know, her immature, you know, bone marrow just spitting out some stuff. And Connie knew like she knew that day she called me. I was at work and she just told me, Jordan, something's off. I need you to go tell your principal that I need you to take off on Tuesday, which was our doctor's appointment. And most times on the doctor's appointments, when I, after i gone back to work, my dad actually went with Connie. And so I decided to go that day and then, Within an instance, you know, our doctor came in, you know, we could tell immediately that something was off. He was crying when he came back in after he looked at the labs. I mean, we just knew. I mean, and, and that was it. And then in two weeks, she was gone. Your life is such a mist. And that's what I see in James, you know, like things can just change. And we are just, we are so consumed with our day every day. And we have no idea what tomorrow is going to bring. I mean, just last year, I mean, on March 7th, we were in a gymnasium, Facebook live in a dodgeball tournament, having the time of our lives, shooting the breeze with everybody. And then the next week they shut the world down. Yeah. I mean, you know, it didn't affect me. I mean, I I mean, I, you know, in that way, but I'm just saying, Mm -hmm. I mean, they shut the world down, you know, and you're you're just going about your business, not thinking anything Mm -hmm. of it. And they shut the world down a week later
1: Yeah. Well, that's why you got to have your focus not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Yeah. And I'm going to finish that scripture I was on before you jumped in on James 4. Would that be all right? That's fine. Okay. so it says for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. So that eternal glory is that faith building up in us, uh, working our spiritual muscles, um, getting us in tune with the Lord to prepare an eternity in his presence, worshiping him with him. Um And that's what goes on in these dark times. It says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen in this world is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And um, last summer, I told you I had my first grief retreat down at uh, Outer Banks with uh, the grieving mothers of the foundation. And this is one of the scriptures we poured over to try and figure out how do we move forward without our children? How do we move forward with hope after losing a child and just witnessing the, the grievous, you know, plight of cancer? You know, it's, it's just really hard. And um, we found this beautiful representation of a rope. Just imagine a piece of rope that is literally unending. Yeah, you can get 100, 200 feet rope. Just, I mean, it just never ends. And just imagine that is eternity. And there's this six-inch red tip on the rope and that is the part of life that you are living in this world and the point is don't get fixated on that red tip it's just the start let that start mold you create you fashion you fix you and prepare you for the rest of that rope for the rest of eternity Um, so for me the way that I move forward is I just try and have an eternal perspective that this is short god's going to get me through it and um it's temporary i know i know you just i feel like i can't say a word that goes to the depth of really truly what it means to be temporary
0: and there's some situations in life that there's going to be a piece of you that is gone forever i've never lost a spouse um but i have lost a child and Hmm. I I would say that if I if something happened to Connie, the day-to-day life would be more difficult to function having children, not having that partner. But the depth of of pain and a piece of you actually being physically taken away, it, it's nothing compares to losing a child. Nothing compares to seeing your child you know, and watching your child take their last breath, being there for all of that. And so it is, it's life changing. And there are other crises that you're going to go through in your life. that are going to be life changing. And you think, well, that red tip, you know, experiment, you know, that you're talking about with the road. Well, it's you, an illustration, illustra- not an experiment. Illustration. Thank you, thank You're you, welcome. thank you, Miss Science uh, Bill Nye. You know, however that is that Bill Nye was that the science guy?
1: Many people use illustrations that are not scientists.
0: Okay, great, great. Okay, so anyways, the tip, yes, the red tip, yes. You know, one would argue that you know, well, even though that's just a, a small piece of your life, that's going to carry that part of that red tip is going to carry with you throughout all the way until you get to eternity, because you still got that pain of what happened because you've lost part of of who you are with the crisis that you've gone through. Are you trying
1: to say you're going to carry pain into eternity? No,
0: I'm saying you stop it at eternity. I'm saying the pain doesn't go with me into eternity. The pain stops. I'm saying that your life, your life here on earth, you're going to carry that pain forever. And you are that that's. And so how do you persevere through that? How do you persevere through that pain?
1: So we'll go into the, um, applicable points in just a second but let me ask you a question okay all right we lost Claire how many years now
0: six So six, six right, this year right because
1: she'd be eight in August so six and years six, this yes, past six. May she's been apart from us that's only six years yeah that's not really that long no it's not are you in tremendous amounts of pain every day
0: no but I I had to though I mean I think there's a point for everybody where you've got a <laughs>
1: No, answer my question. Are you in tremendous amounts of pain today at six years?
0: No, I'm not. Not at all.
1: Okay. So that is the restoring power of the Lord.
0: Yeah, it is. If you
1: do not play the victim card, you turn it over to him and you walk the gospel out. He will restore and renew.
0: Can I use a Shawshank Redemption co- quote? No. Get busy living or get busy dying.
1: I wish y'all could see my face.
0: It's this, But that's what I had to tell myself. You know, I, I had this just awful, awful year of life. Where it's just almost like...
1: All right. We'll talk about that in a minute. We it's almost to...
0: blocked out. But I'm saying, you know, I Let's had to make blocking. that I had to make that choice.
1: So points, bullet points. We've talked a lot of theory about how we can move. Okay, great. That's like theory. Let's get it into application.
0: Okay. So, so, so some, are we landing the plane?
1: Yeah. It's up there and it's been throwing off smoke. It's going to do something now.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
1: So... I know God. I love God. I'm in a hard time. I want to turn this situation over to him and I want him to lead me through. How? What does that look like? Go back to the very beginning, when it very first happened. How did you persevere and press forward?
0: Well, mine's going to be different than yours.
1: I don't, I don't want a story. I want bullet points. What did you do bullet point.
0: I don't know. I don't have a bullet point. Everything in my life is a story. I've got a, I've got a talk in a story. That's just what I do. And I'm not bullet. I'm not, a, not a bullet point kind of well, come on with it. I mean, I just had to make that decision that I, I've got to overcome this. I mean, I have a, I have a small child that we've brought into this world. Who's no, so that, for,
1: that was not immediate.
0: No, it wasn't. But I mean, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, right, we, right before, you know, you had right before we had Derek, You know, I was just in so much pain and I just had to like tell myself, like, you've got to suck it up and you've got to get through this. You've got to make steps in the right direction. And it was really, really hard and it was slow. And as I said, you know, those, you know, those first months of Derek's life are really a blur for me. Um, I have a hard time even like remembering a lot of them, but you know, it didn't happen overnight. But I had, I had to wake up with the mindset that, this was my life now and that I had to either decide, am I going to submit to God and give myself fully over to him? Not, not in spirit. I mean, I'd already given my life over to God in spirit. Trusting
1: that he is just still good that Just he, that, trusting that
0: he is going to sustain me no matter what. <laughs> and it, it took, it took a lot, but it was a daily battle and it wasn't an aha moment where it just stopped. But I had to wake up every day and decide that I'm not going to play that, that I cannot be the dad that lost his child to cancer. Woe is me for the rest of my life.
1: So who are you now? If that's not your identity, what is your identity?
0: Um, You know, Christ follower. Okay. Husband of Connie. uh, Parents of Derek and Sarah. Then I would go to, you know, jobs and different things I do, but, you know, not, you know, my identity is not in being the cancer dad. I had to walk away from that.
1: That was hard, wasn't it? For you.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely hard. I mean, and I think, and I'm not trying to knock anybody on this, but you That's think, a big
1: calling card for somebody who loves a nice soapbox.
0: It is a very big calling card for somebody who loves a nice soapbox and, and, and and don't get me wrong, people. I mean, that's that's what social media is. That's what it is. And we use social media. We're going to put this thing on Facebook. We're going to put it on uh, Instagram. And we're going to send it out to all of our followers, all of our you know followers of Claire Parker Foundation through email. We use all of those social platforms because that's what gets the word out. But social media is a platform for our vanity. It really, really is. Like we would eliminate it if we didn't have the foundation. No, so what I'm saying is, what I'm saying with that is, is that Connie just kind of just whispered to me, where am I going? Because she doesn't know where this plane. Yeah, if y'all have seen this like on TV, what I'm saying is, is that we cannot choose an identity and say that that's going to be the identity that we're going to have. Our identity has to be in Christ. That's who it has to be. It has to be rooted in that. It, It doesn't. And when I say your identity is in Christ, it cannot be the identity of, Well, I'm this Christian leader here or I'm this pastor here or I'm this youth group leader here or I'm this, you know, I I see, you know, people wear shirts that says, you know, hashtag some type of mom or, you know, or like, you know, it's like if I were says hashtag some type of dad. Yes, I'm very proud of the fact that I'm a father. It's one of the best things in the world. But my identity is in Christ. That is who I am. And that is what we have to realize. So you'd
1: say bullet point number one. Is to be in. You have to wake up with an intentional mindset to keep moving.
0: Intentional mind, yeah. And
1: to intentionally not be the victim. Yes. And to just reown your life.
0: I would and, say and I would, I would listen, the listen. second
1: bullet point would be to identify with Christ. Find your not right. with your situation. Yeah, find
0: your identity. You are a son of God.
1: Okay, so that's two bullet points.
0: Yeah, you are a son of God. That's what we have to think of. Right. You are a son of God. That is really, really hard for people to think about. They go, Oh no. No, no, you are a son of God. You have come into the sonship of him. You have, his blood is in you. You are, you are part of that inheritance.
1: Co-heirs with Christ. Co-heirs of
0: Christ. We don't know why we forget that, but right. we do.
1: So two bullet points, anything else?
0: No, now you're bullet points. Because I know you'll give them short and concise.
1: Yeah, right. Okay, so... I would definitely say that my first bullet point is, um, well, our situation was a loss of a child. If you experience something um, really difficult that way, uh, you are going to need time to grieve. Give yourself permission to grieve or heal or deal with your situation. Um, the second bullet point would be to Give yourself forgiveness and grace because you're going to be different. You're going to be less able to do everything that you did while your mind and your body is processing everything. And that's true. When you are processing a difficult time, that takes a lot of mental and emotional strength. You're going to be more exhausted and less able to spread. Your bandwidth is going to be very reduced. Um, I remember I used to think of myself as like a plant that had gone dormant. I had... I had no green foliage. I had cut back all my shrubage, and I was just trying to keep the roots alive, you know? Yeah. Uh, and give yourself grace for that to not be as productive as you were or as happy and shiny or whatever you want to call it. Um, and then the third thing that I would say is, um, actually I have four. So the third thing would be, um, to fix your eyes on Jesus. Hebrews two says to fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. And, um, Ways you can fix your eyes on Him would be to pay attention to His creation, listen to worship music, um, go in Scripture, find promises that you don't feel in your heart but you know they're true because God's Word is true. Write them down. Put them up everywhere so you can just read them and meditate on them. Um, Surround yourself with believers. Let them pour into you. Get in church. Get in Bible study.
0: You got a lot more bullets than I had.
1: Well, I'm going into like ways to apply them
0: gotcha. okay.
1: and like if you don't have clarity of mind to like study and read put something on that's in the word that you can just listen to it um and then the last thing would be uh, to serve others sometimes the best way to stop thinking about yourself is quite literally to think about somebody else um, and i think that's really where Claire parker foundation came from i did not want to jordan and i did not want to just think about us we wanted to turn the light around and think about other people and that really will pull you out of a funk for lack of a better word pretty quickly.
0: Um, yeah, it's
1: pouring into somebody else.
0: Yeah. And you've got to You've got to cut off that flush. You've got to make sure that's not part of you. Cause I mean, full disclosure, you know, we follow our analytics on the foundation and not
1: we, we Jordan.
0: Yeah. I never look at them. Yeah. I got you. So I follow analytics. And I look at it and see, you know, what can I get the most engagement from? What can I use? And I have tons of content about Claire that I know immediately could spark engagement on our foundation page. But the problem with that content is that that content is not about Claire Parker foundation. That content is about me. That content is about Claire's dad, Connie, Claire's mom, Claire, that takes away from what we're trying to do because it's not about me. You know, I must decrease so, so he, he can increase. increase. That's what we have to look at. And, you know, I would just tell everybody right now, you know, as far as how do I persevere through something, we are going through an unprecedented time. Um, you know, I'm not going to get my thoughts and opinions on, on these different times, but you have to persevere through this. And Fix you,
1: your eyes on Jesus and yeah, live in faith.
0: Exactly. Because when we're living in fear again, it, what have we seen during this pandemic? Every day is different. Every day changes. All the data we're getting is always changing. This is just a mist. This is just a mist. And so
1: it'll be gone.
0: Everything that's going on right now, I know it's very easy to get wrapped up in it and stress. I mean, I'm a a public school administrator. I understand that.
1: Well, I mean, if we, if we choose to let the fear overtake us, then the fruit of that is anxiety, paralyzing, isolation. And none of that's healthy.
0: Absolutely. None of it is. But we just have to understand that Christ calls us more to this Christ did not call us to come and just just sit here and just be here I mean one of of my favorite elevation worship songs is called here as in heaven and in the course it says you're the reason we came so we can encounter your love think about that you're the reason we came so you can so we can encounter your love we are put on this earth to encounter God's love And to then show that love to others and show them what it looks like to rest in God's love. And that's how you persevere, resting in God's love. Mm
1: -hmm. If you abide in me, then I'll abide in you, he says in John 15. Absolutely. And graft to the vine.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, that's a wrap for tonight. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, make sure that you subscribe on Spotify, follow us on Uh, Instagram and also on Facebook. Claire Parker Foundation is our handle. Make sure that you share this, like it, comment, give us reviews. That way more people will hear about the podcast. Right, Connie? Absolutely. Thanks.